This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Let's start in verse 12, Exodus 33, verse 12, and I'm going to read out of the Amplified Translation. This morning, Heather and I got over in a place and we were praying and And just a, a, an overwhelming thankfulness for the goodness of God. Is there anybody here tonight that you're thankful for the goodness of God? Yes. Yes. Hmm. Exodus 33, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you'll send with me. Yet you said, I, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, show me now your way that I may know, that I may know you, progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with you, perceiving and recognizing and understanding more strongly and clearly, that I may find favor in your sight. And the Lord, and Lord, do consider that this nation is your people. And the Lord said, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses said to the Lord, If your presence does not go with me, do not carry us up from here. For by what shall it be known that I and your people have found favor in your sight? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinguished, I and your people, from all the other people upon the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also that you have asked, for you have found favor, loving kindness, and mercy in my sight, and I know you personally and by name. Do you know that God knows you personally and by name? Verse 18, And Moses said, I beseech you, show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, before you, for I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy to, and loving kindness to whom I will show mercy and loving kindness. And, it, and he said, And you cannot see my face, nor for no man shall see me and live. Now notice God said, I will make my goodness pass before you. The word goodness means in the widest sense of God's goodness. That's all, that is all God is, is good. And it's because of His goodness that we're no longer separated from our Heavenly Father. It's because of His goodness that His healing power is in this place right now. It's because of His goodness that we've been delivered from the things that we've been delivered from. It's because of His goodness that we know what we know and we understand what we understand. And from this place of God's goodness, that's the place that John wrote on the Isle of Patmos. From this place of His goodness, it's the place that Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. From the place of God's goodness, that what gave Jesus the endurance to hang upon that cross and defeat the enemy for you and I and to raise from the dead, it is because of God's goodness. It is because of God's goodness that we, we know that our Father is faithful. It's because of God's goodness that we know that He watches over His Word to perform it. 
It's because of His goodness that we know that His Word does not return void. It is because of God's goodness that we know that the best days are ahead of us and not behind us. Because of God's goodness, because of God's goodness, even while we sleep, God's doing a work on the inside of us. Because of God's goodness, because of God's goodness, all of our needs are already met. Because of God's goodness, He's already sent His Word and healed every manner of sickness and every manner of disease because of God's goodness. Because of God's goodness. Because of God's goodness. Pastor uh, ministered last week on the importance of setting our affections upon Him. Go with me to Colossians chapter 3. You know, going into this year, we know Dr. Savell, the Lord has said it's a time of, of great breaking loose. Colossians chapter 3 is where we're going. And I was praying, I know the last several times I've ministered up here. Could we work on that echo on this mic, if you don't mind? Uh, Last few times I've ministered, it's been on the purpose. and, And along with the great breaking loose, is that it's very important for us to realize that we've also, we've stepped into a time that it's very important that we know our purpose. And we're walking in our purpose. Why? Because other people's eternal destiny is dependent upon you and I knowing God and being us. As the body of Christ, as the church, it's time for us to quit going through the motions. It's very, very important that we know why we're here. It's very, very important to know where we're going. It's very, very important for you to be operating in your gifts, in your strengths, in your calling, in your grace. It's very, very important. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And if God so loved the world, how is He going to reach the world? Come on, talk to me, church. How is He going to reach the world? He's going to, through you and through me, right? He says that we're a light set upon a hill. And in order for our light to shine, you know your light is going to shine the greatest when you're in the process of knowing God and being you, when you're in that place of strength and purpose. In that place of purpose is a place of dominion and authority. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, it says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, and set your mind on things above and not on things Beneath, not on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. In the Amplified, it says, Set your mind and keep them set on what is above, the higher things, and not on the things that are on the earth. Where have you set your affections this week? You know, Pastor talked to us last week about setting our affections, and and I I just want to flow right along with that. And I want to ask you a question. If it's a time for a great breaking loose, part of the fullness of us walking in the great breaking loose, extraordinary miracles, signs, wonders, healings, provisions, and the faithful walking in their rewards, it's going to be very important for us because God is merciful and God is good and God is gracious and God will get as much to us as we allow Him to get to us. Right? And we know it's going to be by faith, but it's also going to be done on purpose. Positioning ourselves on purpose. Say purpose. See, purpose is running through you right now. Purpose is your DNA. Purpose is why you're here. And if you're, please take notes. Purpose. I want you to write the word purpose. Why am I here? Why am I here? 
What is, what is my DNA? What is my purpose? What is God's view? What is the end that God had whenever He created me? Why did God wire me the way I'm wired? Why did God gift me the way I'm gifted? Why did God give me the personality that I have? Why did God place the desires and the passions on the inside of me? See, your purpose is your why. Purpose, please write this, purpose is timeless. Purpose never changes. There's no time when it comes to purpose. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, it says, It's the purpose of God that remains forever. It's the purpose of God that stands. No matter where you go and what you do, it is purpose that never stops beating. It's purpose that never stops running through your DNA. It is purpose. Why are you here? Your purpose is your why. Ask yourself the question, do you truly know why you're here? And it's not to go to a job. It's not to get a paycheck. It's not just to go through the motions... So you can enjoy your weekend. You have a purpose. Now another question, if you know your purpose, or maybe you don't know your purpose, and tonight I believe that God's going to minister some things to get us on track to start discovering our purpose. Remember, purpose, Isaiah 45, verses 9 through 13, we don't come to the Creator as the creation and tell Him what we're going to do. It's His heartbeat that we discover what we're created to do, right? So another question, do you know your vision? Do you know your vision? Vision is how your life looks in discovering your purpose. See, purpose never changes, but vision can change. Purpose is timeless, and vision vision can change. See, how you fulfill your purpose when you're 20 might look different whenever you're 30, and it might look different whenever you're... 40, but purpose never changes, but vision, how you're going to express purpose, might change. Proverbs 29, verse 18, it says, where there is no vision, what, what church? People perish. Where there's, where there's no vision, in the Amplified, it says, where there's no redemptive revelation, where there's no redemptive revelation, people perish. Redeem means to buy back. Revelation means to take the cover off. In other words, he is saying that if you don't realize what you've been bought back from and the cover taken off, not only God, but taken off of you and the way God sees you and the way we should see ourselves, see redemptive revelation, not only did he buy us back spiritually, but he bought back every part of us. He bought back our mind. He bought back our gift. He bought back our talent. He bought back our calling. He bought back our assignment. He bought back our mouth. He bought back our heart. He bought back every area of our life and it says where a person doesn't realize what they've been bought back into they will perish perish doesn't just mean only die but perish also means that you throw off self-restraint or you throw off self-control so in other words if you don't know where you're going you don't see where you're going you won't have the self-control and the self-discipline to get there Do you know your vision? How? How are you fulfilling your purpose? How are you fulfilling your purpose? Because your vision will serve your purpose because purpose never changes. Purpose never changes. Purpose, purpose never changes. Purpose never changes. Purpose never changes. It does not change. It cannot change. I don't care what people have said about you. They can't change your purpose. 
I don't care what you've gone through. Purpose never changes. Purpose never changes. I don't care how strung out you've been at certain times. Purpose never changes. I don't care how sick you've been in the past. Purpose never changes. It doesn't matter where you've come from or where you'll go. Purpose never changes. You can't get away from purpose. I don't. Just like David said, you could go to hell and purpose is still there. You could go to heaven, purpose is still there. Purpose is why, why on this earth, why are you here? And vision is how am I going to live out why I'm here? Let's thank every one of us. Because this is what I'm believing God for tonight. I'm, I'm believing that there's a desire that stirs on the inside of you that, that totally catapults you into your purpose, your vision, your dream. But you discovering your purpose and seeing your vision and having a plan comes from where you set your affections on. What, what, what triggers your dream? What triggers your vision? What triggers, what, what triggers that? Where you place your love? Please write that down. What triggers my dream? What triggers my vision? What triggers my purpose? What triggers my plan? Not so much triggering your purpose because purpose is discovered, but what, you get, what gets you on the path has to do with where you set your love. So where have you been setting your affection? Where have you been setting your love? Go with me to Matthew 22. Matthew 22, very familiar scripture. I'm just going to read it. We could quote it, but we're going to read it just so our eyes can see it. Matthew 22, verse 35 through 40. And one of the number of the lawyer asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which kind of commandment is great and important? The principal kind in the law? Some commandments are light and which are heavy. And he replied to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is a great and most important principle and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. So what triggers your dream? Right here Jesus said to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, let's, let's think. Are you loving God with all of your heart? Not, not your blood pump, but with, with everything that you have. Are you loving God with your mind? Are you loving God with your gift? Are you loving God with your talent? Are you loving God with your physical body? Are you loving God spiritually? Are you loving God because what triggers the dream? What, what ignites the passion? What, what causes you to see what God has created you for? Where your love is set. Because where my love is set determines my desire. And a desire is the fuel to the dream. How's your desire? I'm believing, God, that there's a shaking that takes place tonight in your desire. How is your desire? Because without desire, you won't go far enough. You won't go hard enough. You won't dig in enough. You won't praise enough. You won't worship enough. But when you set your love on the right thing, you draw your desire from the right thing. So what triggers? What triggers? What triggers the dream? What triggers the vision? What triggers you developing your gift and talent and calling and purpose? When you set your love upon the right thing, you receive your desire, and desire determines the dream. Desire determines the vision. Desire, how's your desire? Because life can... can cause us to cover desire up. But if we'll refocus and, and set our love upon the right thing, when we set our love upon the right thing, we begin to receive 
desire, the, the word desire. If you're taking notes, please write this down. The, the word desire means request. It means ask. It means demand. Demand. It means inquire. And it means require. Desire. When I set my love upon Him, I receive my desire. And what is it gonna, what's going to trigger my vision? My desire. Because the more I set my love upon Him, loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, the more His desires become my desires. Stay with me here. When I'm loving God, my love, my affection is set up on the right place, then His desire for me to be free becomes my desire for me to be, be free. His desire for me to walk in righteousness becomes my desire to walk in righteousness. His desire for me to walk in health and healing becomes my desire to walk in health and healing. His desire for me to walk in wealth and wisdom becomes my desire to walk in wealth and wisdom. His desire for me to overcome and conquer becomes my desire to overcome and conquer. But what ignites the desire where I set my love? And where I set my love determines my desire, and my desire determines my dream. It determines my vision. How's your desire? How's your desire? Go with me to John chapter 15. I'm trying to stay slow because I, I, I can just go in too fast, and, and I don't want to go too fast. John 15, verse 4 through 8. Verse 4 says, Abide in me, John 15, verse 4, Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. So when we read fruit tonight, I want you to think about your purpose. I want you to think about your vision. I want you to think about your dream. Because remember, desire will lead to your dream. Desire will lead to your vision. And vision supports your purpose. Vision serves your purpose. Do you know your why? Do you know how you're going to express your purpose, which is vision? So right here he says, Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much vision, bears much purpose, bears much destiny, bears much plans, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So if there's no relationship, then there's no desire, and if there's no desire, there's no fruit. Because when I set my love upon Him, and I'm abiding in Him, and I'm setting my affection on Him, then His desires become my desires. His Now, now Psalms 37 verse 4, we can just quote it for time's sake. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, He gives us the desires of our heart. Now, sometimes we've heard the word desire so much that we can water it down and we lose sight of what He's saying. That whenever we set our love upon God, what, what triggers the dream? Where we set our love. When I set my love upon God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, what begins to happen? His desires become my desires. What is it going to take for you to be all that God has called you to be? Desire. In other words, how much do you want it? How much do you want to develop every gift, talent, and calling? How much do you want to reach every friend and family member? How much do you want to be all that God has called and created you to be? How much do you want this Word to be made flesh and dwell among you? How much do you want it? Because if your desire isn't stronger than the circumstance, the circumstance will stop you from being everything God has called and created you to be. But when you have desire, 
Your love is upon Him. You're delighting in Him. You're delighting in the Word. You're delighting in the presence of God. It says He gives you the desire. The word desire, think about it. He gives you the request. He gives you the demand. He gives you what is required. When I delight myself in the Lord, He gives me the desires of my heart. Why would God place that desire in your heart? Because in order for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, it has to come through a man or woman. And so He places the petition. Another word for desire is petition. He places the demand. He places the petition. He places the request. He places what is required in a person's heart so they can begin to express it so his super can come upon the natural. He can watch over his work to perform it and his will becomes, is done on earth as it is in heaven. Are you following me? But you've got to ask yourself, okay, first and foremost, is my love set upon the right thing? Is my love set upon God? Because when my love is set upon God, what begins to happen? I begin to take it from just loving God to desiring all that God wants me to be. And so many people in the church, they just stay in the place of, I just love God, and I just love God, and they just, I just love God, and they do love God. They, they love God, but there comes a time in our relationship that we go from just loving God to desiring everything that God has for us on this earth. We desire to overcome. We desire to conquer. We desire to succeed. We desire to be the best. We desire to flourish. We desire. And that desire determines your dream. How intense is your desire? How's your desire? John 15, let's keep reading. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you what you desire. And it shall be done. Notice the desire comes before the fruit. The desire comes before the fruit. The desire comes before the vision. The desire to be all that God has called and created you to be comes before you discover your purpose. The desire to walk in health and healing comes before the fruit of health and healing. The desire to walk in abundance and divine prosperity comes before the fruit of prosperity. The desire to walk in wisdom comes before the fruit of wisdom. The desire precedes the dream. The desire precedes the vision. The desire, the desire. How intense is your desire to be who you're called and created to be? How intense? I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it because God is going to shake some people's desires in here tonight. Everybody who's willing to let their desires be shaken because it's that desire that's the fuel of the car of your dream. And so if you take away the fuel, the car of your dream never goes anywhere because you don't have desire. But when your love is upon God, you begin to receive His desire, and now the desire fuels the vision. Now the desire fuels the plan. Now the desire fuels the purpose. Now the desire keeps you getting up when you get knocked down because it's God's desire. And now you know what to require upon this earth as it is in heaven. Mm. Lord, help me not to get ahead of myself. Um, let's go to Psalms. Psalms 103. I believe in that desire just penetrates, just overwhelms us, that it, it just consumes us. 
to be all that God has called and created us to be. Not wish, not hope. It's a desire. It's a craving. It is what is required. Psalms 103. The desire. So the starting point is, is what triggers the dream where I set my love. When my love is in the right place, what happens? I receive what? Talk to me. I receive desire. When my love is in the right place, what, I, what happens? I receive the desire. The desire for not only is it God's desire for my life, but now it's got my desire for my life. It's my desire to walk cleansed, free from bondage and condemnation and addiction and whatever the case may be. It's, it's my desire. What is your desire? Because when your love is on the right place, you're not going to settle for just going through the motions and just being a pew sitter, just a pop and a squat. No, you desire more. Why? Because your love's in the right place. How's your desire? Because your desire precedes the dream. Your desire is there before the fruit. Your, Your desire, God wants to use your desire... See, that that desire comes from the real you. That desire to be an entrepreneur, that desire to be a leader, that desire in your sphere of influence, that desire to know God and be you, that desire, that desire is placed in you by God. God wants you to succeed more than you want to succeed. God wants you to overcome more than you want to overcome. God wants you to walk in victory more than you want to walk in victory. But it's the seed of His Word that releases the desire on the inside of us. Psalms 103... It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name, verse 1, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Now, benefits is, is anything that adds value, anything that brings improvement, anything that gives an advantage. When you go to a job or something like that, you hear people talking about, well, I got some good benefits. They might not pay me much, but I got good benefits, right? Well, he says right here, don't forget God's benefits. Don't forget how God adds value to your life. Don't forget how God wants to improve your life. Don't forget how God wants to give you the advantage. Don't forget His benefits. God has the best benefits of anybody on this planet. Verse 3, who forgive. This is a benefit who forgives all your iniquity. I would say that brought improvement to you and I, don't you? Who heals all diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things. Verse 5 in the Amplified, that's where I'm getting to. It says, who, de- who satisfies your mouth, notice this, your necessity and desire. Who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation with good so that your youth renewed is like the eagle strong overcoming and soaring. Who satisfies your mouth, who satisfies your necessity and desire. Who satisfies God, it's a benefit... That God has given you... See, the desire is a benefit. The desire is designed by God to bring improvement. The desire is a benefit designed by God to add value. The desire is a benefit. It gives you the advantage over the person who doesn't have a desire. The desire precedes the fruit. The desire precedes the vision. The desire precedes the plan. Because if you don't have a desire, you're not going to plan. If you don't have a plan, you're not going to fulfill your vision. You don't fulfill your vision, you don't live in your purpose. But if you have desire, you have a desire that's placed in you by God. A desire, a desire. He says, I will satisfy your desire. It's a benefit. That desire I've given you, it's a benefit. And it's designed by me to add improvement, to add value, to give you the advantage. 
How's your desire? Father, I'm believing. Shake their desire. Shake our desires. Go to Psalms 145. The desire is a benefit. Say it's a benefit. The desire is a benefit. The desire is a benefit. Say it's a benefit. Hmm. Desire, once again, the definition, petition, request, to ask, demand, earnestly inquire, require, crave, require, require, desire. Uh, John, uh, hold, where did I tell you to go? Psalms 145. We'll just read it and then we're just going to kind of do a touch and go right here. Verse 15, the eyes of all look expectantly to you and give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. He satisfies the desire of every living thing. He satisfies the request of every living thing. He satisfies the demand of every living thing. He satisfies the person who inquires. Inquire means to seek information. The person who is seeking first the kingdom of God. Their love is in the right place. And what happens, church, when our love is in the right place? We receive His desire. And once we have His desire, He says, whatever things you desire, it shall be done. Not it might be done. It shall be done. It will be done. Go with me to John 14. How's your desire? Your desire is a benefit designed to produce in our life. Uh, John 14, verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, another in, in the original translation, whatever you ask, that word ask is demand. Whatever you demand in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you demand anything in my name, I will do it. Whatever you demand. See, when you're commanding life to come back into a dead body, you don't ask it, you demand it. When you command a broken bone to be made whole, you don't ask it, you demand it. And he says, whatever you demand, it will be done unto us. Why is discovering your desire so important? Because desire isn't a wish. Desire isn't even a hope. Desire is something you demand. So picture this. It's, it's something that you require. In other words, your love is upon God. You receive the desire in your heart. You know it's from God. And now it produces the vision. Now you begin to see what God sees. Now you begin to, to crave what God craves for your life. You, now you begin to, to hunger for what God has for your life. Now you begin to know what is required. It's required that this takes place in my life. Why? Because it comes from my Heavenly Father. And it's why I'm here. And it's His will that it's done on earth as it is in heaven in my life. Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In the Amplified, verse 19, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind... Declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. Whatever you loose, what season are we in? A great breaking what? Whatever you loose, declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. He says, I give you the keys to the kingdom 
And it's connected to your desire. Because your desire is not just an asking, it's not just a wishing, it is a demand. It is something that you're not demanding of God, but you demand it to take place on earth as it is in heaven because you know it's something that is birthed in you by Almighty God. How, does it, how do we get to that point? By setting our love upon the right thing, which is loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then we receive our desire. Now we know what to demand. Now we know what to require. It is required that prosperity comes to pass in my life. It is required that I walk in divine health and healing. It is required that we're at the right place at the the right time. It is required. It is. There's no exception. Not maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't happen. It is required. Yeah. He says, now whatever you require, whatever you demand on earth, it will be done. Yeah. And that isn't just to do whatever. That is for purpose. That is for purpose. That is for purpose. Remember he says, he opens his hand and satisfies the desire. Why? Because it's not a a wish, it's not a hope. It's somebody who realizes this has to come to pass on earth as it is in heaven. This is the will of my Father. This is not what some Tom, Dick, or Harry told me. This is my heavenly Father. And Jesus says, whatever you desire, whatever you desire, whatever you require, Whatever you demand. Once again, you're you're not demanding God. You put a demand. See, see, once you, you, you delight yourself in the Lord and He gives you the desire, He gives you the demand, then you have the demand in you that you can demand out here. That there is a requirement. See, Holy Spirit, help me. When we set our love upon Him, and some of you can track with me, I remember as I begin to set my love upon Him, because see, purpose never changes. We start discovering our purpose. You start discovering our gifts, our talents, our calling. You with me? And you start to see how you're going to fulfill your purpose. And in one season of my life, I was rodeoing and ministering. And because my love was correct, I received the desire to rodeo, to minister, that I knew it was God's will for me to become one of the top ropers. And because I knew that desire was in my heart, whenever there were obstacles in the way and clouds wouldn't part and, and dead animals on the deal, because of that demand, then now I had the authority to demand. And, and clouds would open and animals would raise up and tornadoes would dissipate and things would begin to change. Why? Because it is required that I fulfill my purpose. And so in that season of my life, the vision was one way, but as I kept my love upon God in the right way, my desires began to, to change. And so I laid down the rope and the rodeo for a while, and now I began to have the desire to pastor and start churches. And because I knew that it was a desire in my heart, I, I know one church that I started up in Colorado, it was against the law in the bylaws for there to be a church in town. Talk about liberal. But because of the desire, I knew what was required. And because of what the demand that was in me of knowing the desire, because when we abide in Him and His Word abides in us, we ask what we desire, we ask the, what He's placed in us to demand, He's saying, demand it, require it, insist it, loose it. If it's loosed on earth, it'll be loosed in heaven. If you let it happen on earth, I'm going to let it happen in heaven. You demand it. Put that demand upon your purpose, your gift. And sure enough, we went through the process. I mean, with all the city council, it was a long process. But you know what? There was a church. We ended up having a church, the first church in that area. They changed the law. Why? Because of what was desired. 
And see, you have desires that God has put in you. And that desire has to be greater than the circumstance. That desire has to be greater than the disease. That desire has to be greater than the lack. That desire has to be greater than any mountain that's standing in your way. Jesus said, you speak to that thing. Why? Because you know what's required. See, when the disciples, they were going to the other side, he wanted their desire to be a lot stronger than that storm. That's why Jesus could stand up and speak to the storm because of the desire he had to fulfill his Father's will on earth as it is in heaven. How is your desire? He says, your desire is a benefit. Your desire is given to bring promotion. Your desire is given to bring improvement. Your desire is given to give you the advantage. How is your desire? Shake the desire on the inside of you. When When my love is set upon the right things, see, learn to live from your loves. You you learn to live from your loves. Why do you come to church? Because you love God. Why do you get in the Word? Because you love God. Why do you do what you do? Because you love God. Why do you discover your gifts and abilities and talents? Because you love God. And when your love is in the right place, you receive the desire. And the desire determines the dream. The desire determines the vision. The desire keeps you getting up. When when you don't want to get up, the desire keeps you planning. Go with me to Proverbs 16 and we'll get ready to close. How's your desire? How is your desire? Before we get to Proverbs 16, uh, just go right to the left, Proverbs chapter 10. I just want to sow a few more seeds on desire. Desire, demand, request, petition, ask. What is required? Please write those scriptures down because I want them to get in your heart. Proverbs chapter 10. Verse 24, the fear of the wicked will come upon him and the desire of the righteous will be granted. The desire of the righteous will be granted. The desire, once you know your desire comes from God, it will be granted. Proverbs eleven twenty three. 23. The desire of the righteous ends only in good. The desire of the righteous ends only in good. God has designed your desire to lead the way in your life. When your love is on the right thing, you receive the right desire and your desire will be granted. Your desire will end only in good. Your request will end only in good. Your, what you require to take place in your life, it's going to be good. And see, whenever you have the desire, you'll, you'll take it beyond that. Proverbs 16. Because not only does, does God have a dream for your life, God has a plan for your life. Aren't you so glad? That God, His purpose for mankind, it, it never stopped. Now, His plan had to change because His original purpose for us to have fellowship and to walk and talk with Him in the cool of the day, man messed that up, but purpose didn't change, but how He went about it had to change. So He had to have a new plan. And it was the plan of redemption. And that plan is working right now. And it's very important whenever... Because his desire... Why is it working? Because he has a desire to know you and a desire to know me. And he has a desire to reach every person on this planet. His desire is so strong that no... no, no. I'm not even going to go to all the places that's tried to stop him. But nobody can stop him. Why? Because of his desire to have fellowship with you and I. How's your desire? How's your desire? People are counting on you to tap into your desire. 
Look at me. Look up here. Every one of you, look up here. People are counting on you to discover your desire. People are counting on you to dig down and to shake the religious mess off your life and to dig down and allow that desire to motivate you. Allow that desire to penetrate every area of your life. Allow that desire to come up. See, there's people that they... I'm not going that direction either. Desire, 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 desire. Do you know what God desires of your life? Pastor's favorite verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, or one of his favorite verses. For I, I know the thoughts and the, the plans. But do you have the desire to discover the plan? Do you, have, do you have the desire to discover the plan? Because whenever we start discovering the plan and working the plan, the plan works us. It works us from the inside out. But it takes desire. It takes desire. When my love is set upon Him, I start to receive the desire, and the desire determines the vision. The desire determines the plan. If I desire to be in shape enough, I have a plan. If I desire to accomplish certain things, then I have a plan. You can tell me how much you desire, but I could hang out with you for a day and I could tell you how much you truly desired what you say you desire. Psalms 27.4, he says, Lord, I, I desire this one thing I require, require is your presence. Is your presence. I'm going to read it and be done, possibly. Uh, Proverbs 16, verse 3. We'll start in verse 1. The plans of a mind... Of the mind and orderly thinking belong to man, but from the Lord comes the wise answer of the tongue. So how do I get plans for my life? If you desire to accomplish something enough, you'll figure out a plan. If you desire to change enough, you're going to get a plan. And if you get a plan, see, you can, have, you can even know your purpose, and you can even have a vision, but if you don't have a plan, you'll never see the vision become a reality. If you want the vision to become a reality, you've got to have a plan and work the plan. One guy said, the, the paper that you have your plan written on, it isn't worth anything unless it moves you to action. Are you moving towards your dream? Are you moving towards being who God has called and created you to be? It says, the, the plans of the mind and orderly thinking belong to man, but from the Lord comes the wise answer of the tongue. In other words, it's up to you to come up with the plan through your relationship with the Lord, but it's, it's going to be God who comes up with, up with how it's going to be paid for. And he goes on, verse 2, All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits, the thoughts and intents of the heart. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Row your works upon the Lord, commit and trust them wholly to Him, and He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to His will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. So when I, verse 3, When my love is upon Him, He will cause my thoughts to become agreeable to His will. Why? Because when I set my love upon Him, His desires now become my desires. His thoughts now become my thoughts. His heartbeat now becomes my heartbeat. The way he sees my life, I start to see my life that way. When I commit, when I commit, when I roll, when I trust it over onto him, he will cause my thoughts to become agreeable to his will and so shall my plans. So shall my wishes. Talk to me. 
So shall my plans be established and succeed. Verse 9, a man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs his step and makes them sure. A man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. When I set my love upon God, I receive His desires, and His desires determine the vision. His desires determine what I see, but then it's the plan that's going to bring what I see come into reality. I can see some things, but if I don't have the plan and trust God to work with the plan, see, if there's no plan, there's nothing for God to direct. If I don't have a daily plan to become who God's called and created me to be, there's nothing for God to direct. So if I say I'm in faith but don't have a plan, I'm really not in faith. Because the plan takes what God has said to me out of eternity and brings it into time. When I write down the plan and I'm acting on the plan, that's faith. It takes faith to plan. It takes faith to work the plan. It takes faith to keep doing what you know to do even whenever you see no results. And in order for us to walk in the absorption of the great breaking loose, it's going to take us having our love in the right place, us receiving His desire, knowing this is required for my life. This is required for my assignment. This is required for my destiny. This is required. And I demand it to begin to take place now in the name of Jesus. Then every day you get up and you're working the plan. And you're working the plan. God just didn't have a plan for your life, a dream for your life, but He had a plan. Thank God He just isn't dreaming about you. He has a plan and His name is Jesus and it's working right now. Because of Jesus, we can, we can live in God's plan. Where's your love set? Where's your love set? If your desires have been dormant, if your desires have been lagging... Let's, let's reconnect our love tonight. Let's reset our affections on things above and not on things beneath. Let's, let's really go, ask ourselves, am I really loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? What, what are my desires? Because it starts with a desire to know God in order for me, in order for me to become who He's called and created me to be. Do you truly desire to know why you're gifted the way you're gifted and why you're wired the way you're wired? Do you truly desire to walk in all that God has created you to be? It says He opens His hand and satisfies the desire. The desire of the righteous. The desire of the righteous will be granted. Whatever you desire, it will be done unto you. What is your desire? Desire. 